the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions for the Bible Live lead. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Thank you very much. All right, John. I liked it. I'm, I'm these big boost to my ego every weekend, the way John sets that up. Thank you, John. John's here in the studio, ready to take your phone calls for the next 90 minutes here on the Bible Live broadcast. And our phone number is 210-340-9585. I'm going to try, Stacy, keep me reminded to mention that phone number often enough so we get some folks, uh, anyone that would like to call in and be a part of the program, give us uh, your response, maybe answer some of the questions we have for you tonight. Uh, from the books of Ezekiel and Daniel. That's what we uh, read this past week. So our phone number is 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. That's right. So um, we'll try to repeat it often. We, uh, As I said, we've read through the books of Ezekiel. We finished up Ezekiel mm-hmm. this week on Monday. We read uh, Monday. I think we read what what chapters? Um, 41, 41 to forty eight. Forty one to forty eight. That's right. Those that and those are the chapters. By the way, in the book of Ezekiel, <clears throat> that um, of course we've already gone through the book of Ezekiel the last week and the week before that. Actually, we discussed that book in depth. Uh, Ezekiel, the street preacher, the young street, uh, priest, but become a prophet. Uh, called to the uh, prophetic ministry, preaching ministry over in Babylon. Mm-hmm. While Jeremiah is over in Israel, Ezekiel is down on, on the banks of the Kabar River with the uh, the colony of uh, exiled Israelites that had been taken from Israel and Jerusalem over into Babylon. And wh- while at the same time, Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, otherwise known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, Daniel and the those three, they are all kind of drafted into the emperor's uh, service. Uh, Daniel is up in the palace with uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, the three, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, Dezariah. I, I don't know why we think of them with their Persian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I have spoken with, of course, Jim, who was here before and worked with us for some time as, from the Hebrew perspective as uh, uh, being Jewish himself. They, 
it's a little bit, I get the idea, at least I felt like there was a little bit of an affront. They don't like to refer to them and their uh, Persian sense. names. And it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. But for some reason, we've learned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, here we are, what, 2,500 2, years later, and we Gentiles have picked up on the names, the, the, the Persian names, instead of the Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I'm trying, I'm trying hard, Jim, to... To remember to mention them by their Hebrew names. But anyway, they are, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about them as we get into the book of Daniel tonight, but they are serving also the Persian emperor as uh, in the palace, in the provinces of of Babylon. Um, it's very, very interesting. These four men are given such, are put into such, Places of influence and power, authority, and um, and they they just do remarkable, amazing things. And, and particularly, I would have to say, in particular, Daniel is just uh, uh, amazing. He and his three friends, but Daniel, I, I, I'm just I'm in awe of what <laughs> God did in and through and with and around Daniel yeah. because. And I've and I've often tried to figure out why. Maybe that's a good question I could put out the very first of this program tonight. If you have a thought as to why, why was it that was it just for his own purposes and had no had nothing at all within Daniel himself uh, that God just chose to use him by grace and and so on. Now Daniel is one of the few people in the Bible to whom no sin was ever attributed. It doesn't mean that he was sinless and uh and and we Obviously. of course he was not. Right. There were things that uh, there had to be something uh, that, in him in his life. Uh even when he was confessing sin, there's one of the chapters, is it chapter 9 where he goes into a prayer of intercession. Right. Yeah, chapter 9, the prayer of intercession for the people of Israel and he in part of that is confessing sin. And he says, us, 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 we, we. Yeah. 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 So he includes himself, even though we don't have a record of anything specific he might have done. He said, we have not obeyed the Lord our God, for we have not followed the instructions he gave us through his servants, the prophets, and all Israel. Uh, we have disobeyed. Uh, it's, so it's very interesting how he assumes the sins of his nation. Uh, and of, of all the people, even though we don't have a record yeah, in his case. Get, mm-hmm. You do get a sense as you read and kind of the interaction um, between him and these different kings and emperors and then also his reputation and what, you know, Belshazzar's mom thinks of him. <laughs> um, that yeah. he is a, an exceptionally wise, just he, he, he has a way with communicating and a, a way of being faithful to the Lord, while also dealing with people very with with a lot of wisdom, disarmingly um, truthful. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, that's a good way of. He, he, he he's truthful, truth. but he does. He's not obnoxious. Yeah, he speaks it. I think not arrogant. Right, in a way that 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 makes sense and and that um, propels the truth. In other words, the truth. You get the sense that he really does believe that the truth is a good thing. <laughs> that mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it will always 
lead to good and so and universally so not just because it's not just my truth but it is the truth and it's good for me and it's also good for you and i am able to and he's able to explain why perhaps i don't know that's just the he's very it's funny how he 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 he, uh, he all and we'll talk about this when we get to this first dream that he interprets for nebuchadnezzar but he he gives people bad news and somehow they reward him for it. It's very, very interesting. And, and, and the, the question I have, though, folks, is when you think of Daniel and all that he did, and perhaps as we go through the program tonight, you'll get an even bigger view. I, I'm, I guess I'm always kind of assuming that most all of you know uh, who Daniel is, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Uh, and the lion's den. Sh- uh, uh, yeah, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, the lion's den, the, the, the statue, the, uh, the f- fire cast into the oven, uh-huh. and, and the, the, the three men, uh, and so on. So, yeah, there are stories that we hear in vacation Bible school and Sunday schools. You know, as yeah. we're growing up, we kind of tend to uh, like those stories. Yeah. But uh, the... But the real thing is, is that it, it, this is a real person. I mean, he's, he's a teenager. He's taken out of his country. He's he's made he's surgically fixed so he cannot have children. I mean, I mean, his life was not it's not particularly happy. He had a very difficult life, uh, taken away, taken into another. But somehow, uh, given lemons, he made lemonade, and God enabled him to in uh, to rise and be. Um, keep yeah. being promoted and promoted, and he becomes at one point third in power in all the the empire. He serves under four emperors, mm-hmm. uh, uh, empire uh, over a period of about sixty or seventy years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a remarkable, remarkable guy. So you we'll, have we'll to talk about assume that. Assume that he held his life pretty loosely. <laughs> you have to assume he was. Yeah, was I, I guess ready, you would have to because he. He didn't. He didn't cut corners. He didn't try to. He had for several opportunities to maybe take the safe route right. and okay, he, I'll, okay, I won't do this. But instead of manipulation, he he was just soundly the yeah. truth. <laughs> Remember the one time they, uh, and we'll get into more. But you make me think of the time that they said everybody has to pray. You cannot pray to anyone except to this statue right. of the emperor uh-huh. here. And not only does he keep on praying, but he opens his windows so to make sure that everybody can see he's praying to mm-hmm. to to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he's a remarkable individual. Maybe uh, maybe someone would have an idea of um, why and how. I, I've always been. How did God reveal? How did He know? these amazing things. I mean, clearly God told him and gave him insight. We see that. And also we hadn't even talked about this, but the angels came and went around him. I mean, uh, evidently they were kind of regularly dispatched to Daniel over there. I think my favorite, one of my favorite passages is when the angel comes to him and says, 
Sorry, I was I was held up by Satan. <laughs> I was meant to be here 21 days earlier. Sorry about that. But but I had to wait for <laughs> Michael, to, the other archangel, to came and so he could he could take That's care great. of uh, the Prince of Persia for yeah. me or Satan or whoever it might have been. Yeah. Uh, some demonic. So Michael was dispatched to take care of that, and he freed me up to get. I was. To come I'm a little to late. I was I was supposed to be here 21 days ago, but. That's so hilarious. Isn't that it? It's just so fascinating. It's such an insight. What into was that novel? What was it? There Frank, was it was Peretti. Frank, Frank Peretti, Peretti and uh, Piercing the Darkness. Piercing the darkness, darkness. Yeah. Uh-huh. There were this author. That if you haven't read these books, they're quite interesting. They uh, are, Piercing yeah. the Darkness. Frank Peretti, and and others after two or three books after as a, a series, right? Of, yes. of books, and uh, they talk about in a very kind of graphic sense. It's it's in the modern era, uh-huh. but but demons moving about them, and and there right. are people that the believers in these books, you know, trust in God, pray to God, and they are aware of the spiritual forces and spiritual beings around them, both angels and demons, and they play an active mm-hmm. role mm-hmm. in the narr- narrative of these uh, novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of, I guess, it kind of reminds you of Daniel, yeah. Comings and goings. Well, let's see what we can do now. That we're going to get to Daniel. We read through chapter nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this amazing prophecy, uh, perhaps, perhaps one of the most remarkable of the prophecies of Daniel, in chapter nine, where he talks about this sixty-nine weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we will get to that. We'll get. <laughs> she's holding me up. But but we let's let's talk just a slight bit about the last chapters of yes. Ezekiel. Okay, yes. Ezekiel. Uh, why don't you take it away there from chapters 41 through 48. These are the chapters where uh, Ezekiel goes into these this long, detailed description led by this man who leads him through uh, this idealized temple and through an idealized uh, country of Israel. Everything, he, he changes up both the the geography of Israel, the way it's arranged, the different tribes, and and then the temple is idealized and, and made. Ultimately, it comes to be actually the size of the entire nation of Israel, yeah, the temple yeah. does. And there's this river that flows out of it, the river of life, and it gives yeah. life to the Dead Sea. And yeah. But as he's taking him through the temple, he's showing him all the instruments, he's showing him all the rooms and all the, it's very detailed. So many, so many cubits by so many cubits. How many meters? How many you know feet wide and so on. I, I've never known. Maybe there's someone out there that can give us a thought as to what you think. What is this temple? I know that some people have called. I think it seems like one of our callers mentioned uh, last week, even perhaps that the temple might be that I the temple that a design of the temple that. This third temple that many people think might be going to be built yeah. over, over the Dome of the Rock mm-hmm. over in Israel, uh, that it might be the design, the blueprint for that temple. I don't idealized, but I don't think so because, you know, how are you going to get this river that yeah. Yeah, flows out of it and so on? Um, very, very interesting. Yeah. But go ahead. T- take I, us through well, those chapters and your insights on well, it. Well, my take would be that, you know, Previously, up until that point, it the temple, nothing usually comes out of the temple. It's the priests that go into the temple, and mm-hmm. they go into the temple specifically to access that holy of holies, that place, that place that's actually dangerous to people unless they approach it with 
purity and with ritualist purity yeah, at least, ritualistic and with respect cleansed and, and so cleansed. On. Uh-huh. And so on the Day of Atonement, uh, mm-hmm. you will remember, folks, that the, the Holy of Holies, the only one priest. the priest, mm-hmm. the high priest, only once a year, mm-hmm. only he could enter that Holy of Holies. And he had to be prayed up and all follow mm-hmm. the rules. And th- th- he's the one they tied a rope around right. his foot so that if he died while he's in there, they, they could drag him out. Right. <laughs> Nobody had to go get him, you know. Right. Uh, but it's, you're right. It was theory, you know, his, his God, because that's God's holiness and mm-hmm. it's sacred ground. And as much as, of course, we long for his holiness, if who are we in the presence of holiness, his holiness is, dan- is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, we, they would have in the past or typically only approached going into the temple, never something coming out of the temple. Yeah. And this is the first time in Ezekiel that he's seeing something actually coming out of the temple. And uh, that's a, a, a different, is this, his, is this, so God's presence is an is actually coming out and not destroying things, but so instead, purifying, life giving. Right. Instead, mm-hmm. his holy it's it's coming out and and giving right life. Change the Dead Sea becomes alive, and everything that it touches and everywhere it reaches, there's new birth and new life. And um, the the precursor, you know, I think the idea is that's the precursor of of Jesus and and his he's he's the beginning of that coming out and and whole, a holy God. In the in in the form of man coming out, touching, reaching everywhere he was, everywhere he went, he healed, he brought healing, and then in turn, I mean, you see in Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, and then and then Peter yeah. and Paul, and now and, we are the body of Christ. We are the temple, mm-hmm. and life flows and that, from, is to flow river. from us. Uh-huh. We're supposed to be that river. Oh Lord, give, be, us, give right? us your Isn't power. That beautiful? Your, I think it it's is an a, amazing, beautiful picture, and maybe shows, that's the best right. meaning. That might be the best interpretation. I think right. of you think I would have fallen <laughs> onto that before, but that idea that this temple. Is a picture of the kingdom era of the, era, of the tr- uh, you know yeah. the people of God yeah, in right. this era, uh, flowing life, working, yeah. living and giving life, and it shows not only our our power but mm-hmm. our importance. <clears throat> we really are important. It's important that we are active and alive and touching and reaching and communicating with people involved, because it is through us that. The Dead Sea is brought to life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's actually his power and his work. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of Paul's verse. It says uh, that it's God at work within you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Yeah. So God yeah. is working in and through his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just John and Mary, normal, non. It, it <laughs> isn't about the evangelists and the preachers and yeah. the, uh, the, you know, right. the missionaries. Yeah, everyone has a role. It, it, it's but the real the, the real stars of the show in the kingdom era yeah. is John and Mary normal christian out there yeah. work at work in the workplace as plumbers as right. as electricians as construction workers as those of us who bear the name of Jesus mm-hmm. we are there being part of that river mm-hmm. flowing out giving reminds, life yeah. sharing life it reminds me of that uh, Dr. Walker Pastor Walker <laughs> used mm-hmm. to that DL, Dwight L Moody quote long time ago, I think I was a senior in high school when he said it in a service, in a, in a sermon. And it's that I used to carry buckets of water to thirsty people. Now there is a river that carries me. And it was D.L. Moody just in a talking. And I've always, that just 
rung with me yes. it, because we, tr you know, we all want to give life. We want to have purpose <clears throat> and meaning. And oftentimes, though, we go down to the river and we have our little buckets and we try and we work so hard mm -hmm. when when God's really just saying, you know, let just jump in. I will direct you. <laughs> just say, now there's a river that yeah. carries me. Uh, I that yeah, Pastor Walker was great that. with those yeah. kind of uh, <laughs> those kind of word pictures. They're very, very, very good. David and Shirley over at uh, Alamo City Christian Fellowship. Yeah. We have some wonderful, great pastors in our city. We're really, really blessed that way. That's always a that always reminds me to yeah. to let our people he know a, and be yeah. thankful for the who called in last week and was telling about yeah his pastor. his pastor. Yeah, that's right. Well, we, we, uh, that's, that's Ezekiel. That's yeah. the final chapters of Ezekiel. Now, uh, in the book of Ezekiel, God refers to Ezekiel as son of man, 93 times mm -hmm. son of man. And this was one of the, one of the, uh, one of the titles that Jesus, the Messiah, uh, took for himself, mm -hmm. the son of man, the son of man, uh, which is very interesting, son of God and son of, I mean, there was no doubting that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, Peter said, and, and Jesus didn't say, oh, you're wrong, don't say that. No, he said, you know, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, Peter, but my father in heaven, that's true. <laughs> you are, I am the, the, the son of God, the son of the living God, but he, in his role as Messiah, he was that perfect man of faith, the son of man. And uh, Adonai, uh, Yahweh, uh, we already mentioned, I think, mm -hmm. was the, the the name for God in the book of Ezekiel, meaning sovereign Lord. Because now remember, all of these, all of these now, J Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, uh, uh, all of the, they were time. You have to keep reminding you, these were very difficult times. These were not easy times. These were... There were difficulty. There were illnesses. They were exiled. They were there was suffering. There, there was warfare. Remember, a third of the people in Jerusalem died from the from the siege. Mm -hmm. A third of the people died in the battle afterwards, and then a third was scattered like the wind over yeah. the all over the world. So, these are difficult difficult times mm -hmm. for the people of Israel, and, and yet here, right in the middle of it, is this young man, this teenager named Daniel. He gets taken. And uh, we'll, we'll jump into Daniel here in our next segment. And we'll see that Daniel is a teenager. Uh, the first six chapters of the book of Daniel, by the way, have to do with Daniel's story. They talk about him and how he got taken with these three other men, um, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They were in the royal, uh, in the palace. They were in the royal lineage in some way, relationship related. And uh, they were taken. They were very accomplished. And you may ask a good question, Stacy. In our, as we were talking before, every, it, it never. I, I'm not sure if it alludes to it, but evidently they were quite the linguist. Uh, obviously, they spoke Hebrew, but I am assuming over in the Persian, uh, in the palaces, no, mm -hmm. they had to learn how to speak Persian or. or you know, I, I had never thought of that. That would, but they were evidently very sharp young men, very yeah. intelligent. Very, but not, but not just intelligent. They were godly. Mm -hmm. They were committed to God and to the the true and living God, and uh, they were wise. Integrity, yes. Yeah. They they were truthful. 
even to their own um, demise. Yeah, to their <laughs> own risk yeah. of their own lives. Uh, and, and they evidently they were. I'm 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 thinking they were probably great diplomats. They really had the ability, <laughs> probably yes. yeah, to <laughs> to tell the truth, but in a way that. Which somehow or other didn't get them killed. Yes, right. <laughs> well, they almost got killed more than once, right? <laughs> and they were willing to die. Yeah, yeah, they which were willing to Which is probably pretty powerful for you know for those that they were who, who captured them for the Babylon you know for those that were in charge of them, um, you know anyone that ha- that is that is willing to to die but still brave in the face of it is that's yeah. a pretty powerful thing. Well. For 70 years, Daniel served the kings of four great empires. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to take a break here in just a moment. Our first segment is completed. We've kind of given you a wrap-up where we're going to go from here into the book of Daniel. But I want you to be able to call as well. Name one of the emperors uh, under which Daniel served. Name All you got to do is name one of them. Maybe you can name all four. That would be great. But name one of the emperors uh, under whose authority uh, Daniel served. All right? That's one question we could ask you. And I got a little bit of a name game question for you as well. Uh, can you give me the meanings? No, I don't, can't get you to do that. That's too hard. We'll have to ask you that ourselves. Uh, all right. Let's... Uh, I tell you what, let's let's, let's get into uh, Daniel's story a little bit. Um, instead of eating rich food and wine on the palace menu, once they got to to Persia to Babylon, the four Hebrews asked for a ten day test to see that they would be just as healthy as the other boys that were re- eating the rich food and wine on the palace menu. Uh, what did these four young men? What did they eat for ten days? as a test to see if they would be as healthy as the other boys eating the rich foods. Now, the foods that they were eating, those rich foods, were not kosher. Right. And so they said, no, we, we, we want to put it to a test. Right. What, were the, what, did they, what was their diet for those 10 days? If and you can words, answer that question, give us a call. They weren't doing just for health. It was because yeah. they wanted to stay true to their To their faith, faith yeah. 210-340-9585 uh, if you can answer any of those questions we put out here in this first segment. And the Bible Live will return in mere moments, so don't go away, all right? You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. Now, now, you just turn the lights from heaven on my soul. Oh, that shouldn't be Take it out and straighten me I want to be right, Lord I 
Is the Bible live with Soapy Dollar? Now, now you just turn the lights from heaven. Oh my soul! All right, we are back. The Bible live is returned. I want to. Way to go, John! That was great. Let, let's uh, see if any of our listeners recognize who that was. If you can recognize the voice of that particular uh, singer there. Give us a call, 210-340-9585. You might be surprised as to who it was, in fact. So if you know, give us a call, 210, or like to take a guess at it, 210-340-9585. The Bible Live is back on the air. And by the way, if you're listening to the Bible Live, remember last week we came on early because of the special programming. uh, But we're here every Sunday evening from 9 to 1030. And we read through the entire Bible every year, Monday through Friday. So you can go to our website, thebiblelive.com, and you can uh, get on the site, navigate. Right there on the front page, you'll find the readings Monday through Friday on the first page. You can click on it and hear the 15 to 20-minute reading from the Scriptures uh, each weekday, Monday through Friday. And we read through the entire Bible every year. So it gives you a chance to hear the entire Bible. We go through the whole Bible every year. We're now in the books of Ezekiel and Daniel. And then we'll be going back and picking up at James, 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude. And then we'll come back. We're down to the little books at the end of the Old and New Testaments. We're coming uh, the last four weeks now, the last month of the readings for this year. And then we'll start again. We'll go back to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1. And we'll start uh, around the horn again uh, our 21st time through the scriptures uh 21 years we've been doing this so uh anyway if you'd like to join with us uh go through the scriptures listen to the scriptures with us and then here on sunday night we ask some questions we kind of review by the way these questions that we're we're asking you uh, are on the website as well you can use them as a study help as a study guide as you read through the scriptures with us or listen to the scriptures with us uh you can have these questions as a way to review what we've read and kind of mm-hmm. highlight the key points of each of these different passages, each of these different books. So uh, The Bible Live, that's right, thebiblelive.com, that's our place. Let's go to our phone lines yeah. and pick Alan. up. Alan is on the line, and Alan was our winner. Our big winner. <laughs> he didn't even he didn't know, know it. Uh, we got off the air last week uh, so precipitously. How do you like ah, that? Good, be, word. good word. Good word. We got off the air so quickly that um, 
we didn't get a chance to announce who the winner was, but it was Alan. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the first time, Alan, that you had ever called in the program or not. Was it? Was it the first time that you ever called in? Are you there, Alan? Oops. Uh, let me see. What uh, This one? I've done that. Let me see. <laughs> What might we'll real, f- we'll find you real somehow. Real quick, I want to say something. When you were talking about reviewing, oh, the Alan is there. Well, He's here. Okay. Well, then I'm going to come back to that. Alan, were you, was that your first time to call in last week? Yes, it was. Hi. Oh, isn't that interesting? You, you we didn't yeah, get a chance to tell you you won the Bible. <laughs> well, I'm pretty excited about that. Good. I um I actually turned on Kiss Lloyd seven to listen to something else, and then I heard your program and i just got really i really enjoyed it so much i oh. i'm started i listened to it again in fact i started listening to your reading of the bible this yeah. past week oh good and good good it's a great it's book daniel. it's the great book of daniel to, it's yeah, a great book to come into uh, one of my favorites amazing I, yeah I, I called because i can answer both the questions but i'll answer your second question okay let's have that uh, one first the, they um, they ate vegetables, yeah. and they drank uh, water. Water and vegetables. Spot on. Vegetables. Every and twelve water. every yeah. twelve years old's favorite meal, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're exactly right. Water and vegetables, as opposed to the rich foods and the wines and the oils and whatever they might have yeah. served in if the palace. If ever they had there. an excuse to break their diet, you know, it probably would have been this. But yeah, they Lord, were... we're we're <laughs> yeah, we're in exile. We've been taken. We've got to, you know, yeah, they had a good excuse, but they didn't do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's the second question that you wanted to? point at well 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 your, your first question mm-hmm. the emperors that uh daniel uh was under uh-huh. there's four of them you said uh-huh. of course king nebuchadnezzar or Nezer, i like the way you cook you pronounce it <laughs> it may not be correct though but there you go nebuchadnezzar nebuchadnezzar either one cyrus or darius mm-hmm. uh-huh About cyrus and darius and- one more, Belshazzar. That's exactly right. Those yeah. are the four. They're not. You didn't give them. Do you? Do you know the order they came in? Well, it was uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Cyrus, Darius, Darius, and Belshazzar. It was Nebuchadnezzar, then Belshazzar, then Darius, then oh, Cyrus. All right, that's right. Well, that, that's all right. No, yeah, nothing yeah, to be sorry right. about. Oh, that, uh, that's wonderful. Right, only Belshazzar was. Yeah. Was part of Babylon. Yes. He was the last Babylon king. Exactly. Yeah, and then Darius was or, the the, fir- the Medo-Persian empire began with right. Darius. The first, right. you have the first, the second, and maybe even a third. I'm not sure uh, on that. And then Cyrus, the Persian, uh, he is the one that God used to under Daniel's influence. Again, uh, Daniel was the one who reminded. It's so interesting that. Back even in 300 years before, Isaiah prophesied uh, that, was yeah, it was Isaiah prophesied that Cyrus, a, ma- a king named Cyrus, was going to allow the people of Israel to go back to Israel. And, and Daniel knew about it because he read, he knew the prophets, read their, and he reminded Cyrus that, hey, you know, we wrote about you. <laughs> now, we're not told that, but I... I 
I can only surmise that it, that it was Daniel's influence that let Cyrus know that he was a man of destiny, that he was uh, predestined or predicted that he would allow the people of Israel to return after 70 years of exile. It, it is just such an amazing series, yeah, just over and over that, event, of events. Makes, that was, that's what makes Daniel so so great. Yeah. You know, the, the, the prophecy that, you know, were, that, that were yeah, has been brought up. That was right. hundreds of years before or before it yeah. happened. Yeah, exactly. And hundreds he, of he, years. He knew scripture so well, and I think, of course, that's probably what helped him and kept him inspired to continue being faithful to the Lord, even when it comes to eating correctly and maintaining still his faithfulness, because he knows that he still has God still with them. There's still a plan and a purpose. Those prophecies are still to be fulfilled. And he know, you know, when he when he says the seventy years, you know, he and he he goes to the Lord in prayer and says, "Remember, you said seventy years." He reminded on, the Lord. He reminded the Lord. <laughs> you said seventy years. It's coming yeah. up on seventy years, and Lord. It, we and gotta... it just shows though the importance of knowing your Scripture and knowing what God has said. Yeah. And so, Alan, you know, kudos to to knowing your, your the Word yeah. and, and being able to call in and you know knowing. You bet. It's obvious, Alan. You spent time in the Word. How have have you been walking with the Lord a lot, a lot of years, Alan? Did you come to the faith well, as a I, child? I, I'm, or? I'm, I'm, I'm 68 years old, oh. and I, I, I became a Christian when I was about 14. Oh. I see. Yeah. 68, had, 14, uh, that's 54 years you've been walking with yeah, the Savior. But I, yeah, yes. Of course, I've had some periods where I've kind of mm-hmm. yeah. put my back on for a while, but but I, I'm very walking very closely now and I'm oh, and, and especially getting into the God's word mm, which you're right. is, uh, it's, it's becoming more and more exciting for me it is, yeah. Yeah. and and it's and just uh, with with you I uh, reading the Bible every day I that's just another uh, avenue for me to to uh, to learn the Bible mm-hmm. Well, it's so interesting. In the we we say learn the Bible, and and I I agree. I'm not I'm not criticizing that terminology at all. But in actuality, what we're learning, we're we're getting to know our God. You know, the author of the Bible. We're getting to know God and His ways. What, in other words, what what are the things within human history, within the human experience? What are the things? Why did God create this world? What is God doing? What, what is He doing in our era? And that's what Daniel was in tune with. He he knew that it wasn't ending just because they had been taken into exile. He knew His God well enough, and he knew God's ways. And he knew from the prophets and the scriptures, he knew what God's ultimate purpose on planet Earth was, and and so therefore it gave him the the. It gave him the understanding and the insight to be able to interpret yeah. even to the, the moments and the time in which he was living. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to take away from the miraculous. I don't want to reduce it to a just a pure natural process that he fig- he fingered it out. You know, I got it. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure th- there is a supernatural element to that understanding. But it's still 
the scriptures were so clear. He had the Torah, he had the prophets, right. uh, he had the Psalms and the Proverbs. You know, the, and he uh, had David. his contemporaries, Ezekiel, and he had mm-hmm. uh, who else? Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a contemporary. Jer- while Jeremiah was over in uh, Israel, Ezekiel was down on the banks of the Kabar River with the exiles, and he and and, and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego they were in the palace palaces and in the provincial palaces of, of the of Babylon. And uh, they they really, uh, he he just, it, it's just amazing. Uh, we were joking about before the uh, program tonight, Alan, that that uh, you could just see Daniel talking to the to the emperor, you know, and he says, well, Jeremiah told Ezekiel, and Ezekiel told me that, <laughs> that, that I don't know how they did they communicate. Did they have couriers and messengers, a <laughs> postal service, or was it pure angelic uh, visions and communication? But they they knew about each other. They knew about the prophecies of their end, the, those who came before them, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and others, mm-hmm. and the other prophets of, of the era as well. So, um, yeah, it is. It, 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 Daniel is perhaps, he's always been, in some ways, the most remarkable to me. All the prophets are amazing people, individuals, but Daniel is the one that's just, wow. Yeah. What God showed him, showed him the history for the next Thousand years, actually, uh, it looked like right. uh, amazing. Or it to was. The, to the, to the, well, yeah. I'm glad you gave us your address. Uh, I'm right. going to send yeah. you that that Bible, the New Living Translation of the Bible. I, well, I know I'm you're going to enjoy that. that. <laughs> you're yeah. going to enjoy it. Thank it is so really much. neat. It has a lot of study guides and maps and stuff. Yeah, I you, appreciate that. you bet, Alan. Thank I'll get you. that off this week. All right. All right. Thank, thank you. you for calling in, my brother. Thank you. All right. Good to hear from Alan tonight. You can give us a call as well, 210-340-9585. And we put out a few questions. Uh, Alan answered a few of those. We can uh, put out a few more as we move along here as well. But let's get into the Daniel story a little bit. The first six chapters of the book of Daniel, the first six chapters are really focused on the the prophet's story, Daniel, who he was, what happened to him, how he and his three friends, um, uh, Mishael, uh, Hananiah, and Azariah. Azariah. I'm trying to remember those <laughs> Hebrew names. As these three, uh, as they went over into Babylon in exile, um, and began these in, this incredible seventy years of ministry, uh, even while he's over in a, a pagan, uh, godless land. They didn't follow and worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and yet it doesn't mean that no one did, mm-hmm. uh, because the people of Israel there and the people of Israel had been God had planted His name on this people and. Other nations knew about yeah, the yeah. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And other, other nations knew, yeah. and and people from those nations, and we read about some of them in the Old Testament that that converted and f- followed after and became part of Israel by worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So uh, they were, God was at work in and yeah. through with them and around through them to the nations around it them as well. Reminds me of the last the last words in the Book of Ezekiel. Uh, Jerusalem's name was changed to the Lord is there. The Lord is the Lord is there <laughs> in re- reference to Israel and to reference uh-huh. to the Jerusalem. And uh, that's so, yes, the Lord is with, you know, with his people. It's kind of maybe that yeah. right, or that same river. But, uh, yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. Uh, that, Stacy has given that that 
insight tonight to the book, the, that final vision of the book of Ezekiel, the, the vision of the, of the idealized temple the, with the river of life flowing out of it as, as a representation of God's people. The, we are now in the kingdom era, the era of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. where God has written his, his laws on our hearts, not on stones that we look and try to obey from afar, but he is now writing them into our lives and our character. Uh, we, we are reborn. We are become new people in Christ, like the, the dry bones of the valley in mm-hmm. Ezekiel. Yeah. And uh, so I think, I think Stacy, you may be really, that might be the best interpretation. I've heard several about what that temple meant, mm-hmm. but it's, it, we are now that fountain of, of that river out of your river, ah, of, river it, of healing. Didn't he say out of your life would flow rivers of living water? Yeah. I, I think uh-huh. you are onto something there. Uh, we are that temple. Maybe that's the best interpretation of that that idealized temple and the people, the land of Israel that we read about in the book of Ezekiel. Now we're into Daniel, though. Uh, these three young men, they are taken. They are uh, taken into the palace. Because obviously they're educated, they're part of the, uh, they have wealth, they have influence, they're part of the r- ruling class of Israel, and they're taking uh, this Babylonian empire, emperor, Nebuchadnezzar, who, by the way, was very open to the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. He had uh, some experience, he was, remember, he communicated with Jeremiah, and he, they offered Jeremiah the privilege of coming to live in uh, Babylon as well, that he would live like a king. He would be an honored guest. Jeremiah turned it down and chose rather to stay with the people, uh, the Hebrew people over in in Israel. And then he got kidnapped by his own people and taken down into Egypt. But uh, uh, that was another story. But Nebuchadnezzar has had his own uh, experience with God. And we'll talk about that in a moment, about how God uses uh uh, Daniel uh, to to affect uh, Nebuchadnezzar this dream that he has, but uh, so they go over uh, Daniel and the three uh, Hebrew men, and they are there, and they're going to be used mightily by God through seventy year period under four emperors, and He's going to use them to not only. Uh, influence the emperor and the people of Babylon and these the Medo-Persian Empire that followed it, uh, but they are going to be uh, used to pre- predict and prophesy um, hundreds of years in advance and yeah. th- th- give people a sense of who God is and what God is doing. Remind them that God loves the whole world, mm-hmm. all the nations, all the tribes, every language. And that God is at work in and through with using, of course, the people of Israel and, and as part of his plan. But his ultimate plan is the redemptive redemption uh, made available to all people throughout history, uh, through now thousands of years, now that Messiah has come. So uh, that's what we read about in the first six chapters. Anything you we should point out in those first six chapters, uh, Stacy? that... Well, I think the first big test, I guess, as far as Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel's relationship with him came, came with, and maybe this gives insight into kind of who Nebuchadnezzar is as well, um, the dream. It, the dream, right. You get the sense this isn't his first dream because mm-hmm. of how he responds to it and what he asks of those. Yeah. You know, it seems like maybe this has happened for him. Maybe this might be a reason why Nebuchadnezzar did have a little partiality to the people of Israel. 
you know, they never he never uses. It seems to be aware that there is a spiritual element to life. He seems to want to understand it. He seems to realize that dreams have maybe meaning. But he well, and after his first encounter here, uh, this dream, and some of it by some of his proclamations after it, and all, mm-hmm. it almost looks as if, boy, he's become a convert. He has, right. uh, he is worshiping the true and living God of Daniel and the right. the God of Abraham, Isaac, you're and Jacob. Sure and then he goes back, and he builds a thing to right. try to make them all pray to him, you know, to his statue. <laughs> so he's like, oh, he's got some growing to do, maybe or right. something. I don't know, but. But uh, Daniel um, is called upon to not only, maybe that can be a question. I don't know if you wanted to make that a question or if we go through that. Daniel's called upon um, after the yes. magicians and the palace and the sorcerers and those that normally um, Nebuchadnezzar would turn to after they failed him. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had them all killed. <laughs> and then uh uh, and Daniel's given the chance. Well, yeah, let's make that a question. Let's okay. see if anyone can answer. Nebuchadnezzar, this this emperor that, you know, this, his armies destroyed Jerusalem and, and all that. And, uh-huh. and he took uh, Daniel and these three young men and, all, and, and thousands of others into exile over into Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that disturbed him. Uh-huh. It bothered him. So he asked his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers, he asked them to do something. What did the, he? What did Nebuchadnezzar ask them to do? It's a little bit of a trick question. I don't hint, mean for it to be. The but, hint is. Shall we give the hint along with it? Yeah, the hint. Yeah, go the ahead. The hint is not is is not to just interpret his dream. It's okay. not to interpret his dream. That's not. He actually yeah, asked yeah. them something. More, more. <laughs> I would say. Yeah, I'd say quite a bit more, more actually. More and less, I yeah. guess. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like, like you said, it, it, this wasn't his first rodeo. Right. He's He's done these dreams before, and he's seen how they, uh, like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay, I see how that works. But he played a little trick on them this time. Yeah. He to asked his validate. magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers, what did he ask them to do? Yeah. Okay, and it's found in chapter 2, verse Two, all right. Chapter two, verse two of the book of Daniel. Um, let's see here if there's something else that we might um, ask. Let well, see. I, I like the question. Let's get away what from what that is one. the first? You know, so here, I mean, are putting ourselves in Daniel's shoes. Here, the emperor had, or the king had asked his men. None of them could do it. He has them all killed. And then he asks Daniel, <laughs> and what is Daniel's? You know, that's a, that's quite a bit of pressure right yeah, there. The, yeah, that what would say so. Him, what did Daniel? What was the first thing he did? He went to his friends and asked them to do what? And maybe it's, it's probably a pretty intuitive thing, but um, it just it shows insight into who Daniel was, in, in, into his character. Yes. Exactly right. Yes. After Daniel uh, was given the challenge. Uh, to the same challenge. The, this, uh, yes. We can't tell you what thing was because <laughs> that's our question. What did Nebuchadnezzar ask them to do? Uh, but when Daniel got that challenge, what was his first uh, impulse? What is the first thing he did? 
Uh, and that's found in chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, if you want to look it up. It's a good, good impulse that we should all, mm-hmm. uh, we should all imitate. Let's see if there's something else that we could ask, another question we could put out there. Uh, well, I don't want to go too far ahead because we're gonna, there's going to be some – we're going to lay out a little bit of an outline here that, that you get to see how, how God used them. Why were they so influential? In the lives of Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, as Alan reminded us, Darius, and then of Cyrus. And you're going to see in here in the book of Daniel, each one of these emperors saw a great miracle of God mm-hmm. in and through Daniel and these, these young men. He did, he did an amazing miracle in each one of their reign during each one that not only did they know about the emperor before them and what he had done, but that he did something special in each one of their reigns that convinced each of them Mm -hmm. that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was the true and living God and that kind of got their attention. And And it's also probably what they are most well known for throughout history now. Yeah. (laughs) Which I just think. These emperors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly right. So we'll get back to that. We'll come back in with our final segment. We'll get through chapter 9 of the book of Daniel when we come back. And you can give us a call. We've got several questions out there for you. 210-340-9585. That's our phone number. And we'd love to hear from you. And uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. Our final segment of The Bible Live this evening. We're making our way through the entire Bible every year. And we're coming coming toward the end. Uh, We have four more weeks before we end this Bible reading year. Then we'll, I think it's the 8th of November. We start back up in the book of Genesis and go through the Bible again. Wow. So uh, if you stay with us and uh, go to our website, thebiblelive.com, Monday through Friday, you'll get a 15 to 20 minute reading from the scriptures every weekday. And uh, the entire Bible, we'll go through it together every year. This is our 21st year. And here on Sunday nights, we put out some questions and we have a little fun with the scriptures and we kind of highlight. Uh, the readings from this past week, and we finished up the book of Ezekiel. We've talked about that. We started the book of Daniel, chapters 1 through 9, and we put out some questions there. I do want to mention quickly, yeah. though, we said, uh, I asked you if anyone could name who that singer was. 
the break prior. Yeah, and um, I don't know when called in to let us know, but that was, believe it or not, Little Richard. A member of uh, rock and roll fame and, and incredible pianist, I mean, amazing mm-hmm. musician. And John, and, uh, J- John told us the story. Music expert. Let me see if I got it right, John. Toward in the early '60s, he had already had his early success. Right. With tell, tell us the story again. Well, no, I was I was reading this online that uh, you, you know in the mid to late '50s is when he had had his original success doing Tutti Frutti and uh, Long Tall Sally. And he was on tour in the either like 59, 60, somewhere in that time frame. And uh, he had a dream that, that God had spoken Another to him. Dream? A dream. <laughs> tell, dream. Telling him to just get, get out of start, uh, show business, turn your back on it, you know, follow him. And he made his mind right then that, that that's what he was going to do. And uh, with 10 days left on that tour, he just canceled it and uh, went back home. And uh, the plane he was supposed to have ridden on, oh, it, it turns out that they, that plane was involved in a crash, wow. which uh, kind of uh, you know, just uh, really, really told him that he was on the right track. This is obviously what God wants him to do. He ended up recording several gospel albums. And you said, uh, just you said four, uh, about four. about three or four, mm-hmm. something like that, yeah. And uh, you know, and so that he he really became religious. I don't think he totally turned his back on rock and roll because he would later well, I'm sure people, he would later do some yeah. do record more rock and roll uh, material. But uh, he's talked over the years throughout his life. He gave his uh, testimony, oh, yeah. and I've seen clips of him on talk shows and stuff where he's talking about his mm. his. Uh, his his, his Christianity, his, yeah. his Christian life, yeah. That's so neat. Well, yeah. a, a great, a great, a great story to go along with our story of dreams, <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Evidently, <laughs> God still uses dreams, and we. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting that over in uh, in the Middle East now, yes. in Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, and so on. Uh, so many of the so testimonies many have their, of the conversions have to do with God, God Jesus appearing to them, to them in a dream. Yeah, yes. that's interesting. Well, we, we uh, n- didn't have any callers with these, and we can't wait too much longer, so we're going to uh, answer these. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that disturbed him, so he asked his magi- magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, it's astrologers, he asked them to do what? And the answer, he did not ask them to interpret his dream. He demanded they tell him first what he had dreamed. What was my dream? Uh, and, of course, I could just see the grief coming across their faces. Because, you know, no, you got to tell us the dream, and we'll make up an interpretation. You know, we can do that. And Nebuchadnezzar, had, like you said, Stacey, he's probably seen that process before, and that's too easy. And And you had a good... Inside, maybe he had forgotten it himself. And, uh, and, yeah, you know and, how we do. We wake yeah, up and we, we know go, we dream something. Well, what was it? Yeah. But but wh- whether it was or not, he told them that he must tell. He had to tell them what the dream was, yeah. and then its interpretation. And they so, couldn't do it, so he had them all killed. Yeah. yeah and then uh, with that scenario, <laughs> then he goes to Daniel yeah. and says, now, Daniel, tell me yeah, what hey, I Daniel, what do you think? And I'm, I'm thinking Daniel goes, let me sleep well, on it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to play this game, but, but you're right. Uh, after Daniel was given time to determine what Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed, he'd given him time to do it. Yeah. 
the first thing his impulse was he went to his friends i'm guessing shadrach Meshach, yeah. the the who is Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, uh, or others, and or others. And he went to his friends and asked them to pray for him, uh, asking God to show him the dream, yeah. and which is an amazing insight into his character as well, right. into that of his friends. Yeah. <clears throat> and then after he did reveal the dream, and, and, and I'm going to ask you to describe the dream to us in a moment, after God did reveal the dream to him, his first Im- impulse was then not a, not to go, woohoo, I did it, but to praise God, yeah. to give praise yeah. in in, uh, in Nebuchadnezzar's hearing. I mean, and you, you can see how Nebuchadnezzar would be impressed and affected uh, clearly by this tremendous uh, sign, demonstration of God's power and, and God's ability. And the integrity of God through a godly man like like uh, Daniel, mm-hmm. so uh, that's that was the answer to our questions. We'll put out another question or two. I guess uh, did we? Um, no, we hadn't given an, another question. I don't think at this point. But tell us what the dream was, Stacy. Uh, describe that dream for in chapter two of the book of Daniel. Yeah. Well, it was a <clears throat> there's a huge statue, gold, silver, bronze, iron, and then feet of clay. And iron. The head is of gold. Mm-hmm. Head and, and, and the shoulders are silver. Yep. And, and the tor- and the and the chest. Or the torso is bronze, mm-hmm. and the legs and feet of iron with feet uh, feet iron. of iron and, and clay. clay. The ten toes. The mm-hmm. and the, when you know what how the interpretation of it, it makes you see why this each image. Is each. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and then a huge rock yeah. falls comes strike down. And destroys the statue, and then that rock, uh, a rock strikes and destroys the statue, and then it becomes a mountain that fills the earth. Mm-hmm. And there's just beautiful picture then of God's kingdom. You know, mm-hmm. the, that you have the 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 gold represented Babylon, right. Nebuchadnezzar's empire, and then silver. the silver represented the Medo Persian. Mm-hmm. No, no, Medo that was Persian, the. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right. Okay, the Medo Persian, the Persian. Empire. Bronze is the is, is Greece. Bronze the Greek. is Greece. Yeah, uh, Alexander the Great, uh-huh. and iron was the uh, yeah the, the Roman Empire. They, they think, I mean, yes, right, Rome. Um, diverse sponsors. And then when the Roman Empire fell, it broke into ten, ten kingdoms. Those are the toes. The, <laughs> the ten toes. Uh, in the ten toes. Yeah, that's amazing. It really yeah. is. Uh, but there we have it, that, and that laid out the history for the next five hundred years, I guess, right. from the time of of um, Daniel. Uh, remarkable insight God gave him mm-hmm. uh, to know what was coming in the future. And and uh, the question I asked was, how in the world? What what was the key to that? Was it just some magic thing, like a dream, or mm-hmm. or or was it a combination of Daniel knowing God's word and knowing God's character through the scriptures and and knowing God's priorities. God's priority we know is in in the human race is the redemption narrative. Mm -hmm. It's the harvest. Mm -hmm. God is is in in the process from the time of Adam and Eve to the day we live today. It's all about I am calling out a people for myself. Out of the human race, I'm calling out a people for myself. I will be their God. They will be my people. And it's that process 
that's going on. And it's not just about evangelism, just getting people saved, but then when we are saved, when we become a part of the people of God, a part of the kingdom of God, then God is at work within us to transform our lives and change us, our character, to build us into the likeness, uh, His build up his perfection within us and to use us as instruments mm-hmm. to as that river flowing mm-hmm. through us yeah. oh, that's a remember that wonderful movie called a river runs through it oh, i yeah. wonder if it's because the dad is a preacher you know uh-huh. i wonder oh. but um <laughs> but we have this now the picture of the people of god are this temple that the yeah. liver of life runs through us and out to us uh into our world around us and 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 uh even to our world today, that uh, we are very, very near that point where it could be said that this gospel has been preached to every nation around the world. If not there already, we we are just within inches of that. Mm -hmm. And and Jesus himself said this gospel will be preached to all the nations of the world and every nation everywhere, and then the end will come. Mm -hmm. So that's that's pretty interesting. But but Daniel is seeing this process because he gets to know God's character, God's ways, and God's priorities. And then in that, um, God's... Create. I, I like you said God's creation. I get the sense Daniel definitely has an understanding of anthropology. Mm-hmm. He knows how people <laughs> operate, what they desire, what they, how they work. He knows. Uh, I just and he works within that, and I that comes from that's that wisdom that comes from mm-hmm. knowing God and knowing His creation and knowing both what a redeemed man looks like but also what a fallen heart is and so you um, get a sense that daniel really under you asked you know how did daniel in particular mm-hmm. maybe come to know this and i think he was just a great study of mm-hmm. his of god's word first and foremost and then from that a really great understanding a wise understanding of, of human nature of people of anthropology exactly. of nations it, god's god's word God's character, mm-hmm. because it wasn't all just head knowledge of I know the scriptures, right. you know, which is I'm not putting that down, but I'm saying it was more than that. He right. got to know God in a devotion, a love for right. his God. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, and, and in God's ways, you know, you, you talked about in, in the anthropology. It's so interesting to me, the, the basic principles of the gospel message, God's love for humanity, God's the problem of sin, mm-hmm. the reality of sin nature right. it set loose in the human race, and and then the redemptive process that God has put in place through through substitutionary atonement and ultimately through this Messiah that that Daniel knows about. Right. Daniel in the later chapters, uh, chapter nine and then through the end of chapter twelve, he talks about the Messiah. Daniel knows Messiah is coming. He tells us great details about. He tells us when Messiah is going to come. Mm-hmm. The 69 weeks that show up in chapter 9 of Daniel. Mm-hmm. That starts, it has a starting date, those 69 weeks. The starting date was the day that that um, Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes issued to Nehemiah. We read about it in the book of Nehemiah. The day he gave him permission, he signed that decree that gave him permission to go back and rebuild the wall, the walls around Jerusalem. To Ezra, to Ezra, That's yeah. when the sixty nine weeks yeah. began, 
And then if you take those 69 weeks, uh, they're what they are 69 years times four, seven, mm-hmm. 483 years. Mm-hmm. And then that, if you take the math out and do the transition from calendar to calendar, you, that comes right down to the very life of Jesus, the, the, the year of his baptism and the inauguration of his ministry. Or, or another calendar that does it calculates it down to the, the triumphal entry mm-hmm. of Jesus into Jerusalem. And, and and that's exactly what we're told in the book of Daniel, that that 69 weeks represents the time until the coming of Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's remarkable uh, to do. But um, <clears throat> let me see, we, let's move on from Daniel now. Daniel successfully told Nebuchadnezzar his dream and its interpretation. And uh, the emperor then honored Daniel and his God. Uh, uh, and the reason he honored Daniel's God is because Daniel had made it clear that his God deserved all the credit. Yeah. He didn't go, oh, I did that. You know, no, he said, it's my God, King, mm-hmm. King Nebuchadnezzar. It's not me. It's God, my God. And, and, and so he points, gives the glory and the credit to God in Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, it looks like there for a moment, if you see his decree, it looks like he's become a, a serious convert to Daniel's God. And then he turns right around in chapter 3 and he builds a golden <laughs> statue and he require, requires all the leaders of his and of all of his subjects uh, worship the statue. And so, okay, two steps forward, three steps back. You know, he, he, didn't, he didn't quite get it. This statue is 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. And this is when we come to these three men, the uh, Shadrach, furnace. Meshach, Abednego, as our, um, the fiery furnace. I get them in a minute. Hananiah and Mishael. And, there you go. And what did they do? They wouldn't, they, they would not worship this down. idol. Yeah. Tell us the story, Stace. Chapter well, 3. Well, this one's probably one of the most well-known. They uh-huh. refused to bow down. And Nebuchadnezzar says, well, we're going to throw you into the furnace then. And they say, so be it. You know, I... We'll, rescue, we'll be rescued, but if not, then so be it. He throws them into the fiery furnace. And, they, and by the way, if people remember now, Babylon, I don't know if, uh, if I, Babylon is the city, the capital city of Babylon, not the Babylonian Empire, but the city is one of the great wonders of the ancient world, the yeah. eight wonders. Uh, the city of Babylon was magnificent. Mm-hmm. It, its walls, it, it, 30 feet wide, three chariots could go around on the wall uh, side by side around the walls of, of Babylon. Uh, magnificent edifice, and they did great building projects. So that part of the world was filled with these huge furnaces where they make the bricks for all of these building projects. So it's probably one of these huge ovens for they used to uh, to making the, the a kiln for baking of bricks mm-hmm. that they these men were thrown into there and uh, and then he looks in and instead of three men he sees four <laughs> and, and one of them being, is like a, a son of God like a son of God yeah. yeah not being consumed and but it was so hot that those that threw the men right were burned themselves um, so it wasn't for lack of heat <laughs> and so. <laughs> Yeah, they bring them out, and and again, they don't even smell of smoke. They're not even, they're <laughs> not even a, a, ten, a tinge of it. Yeah, and so uh, Nebuchadnezzar, I think, uh, realizes, well, okay, <laughs> kind of, they're 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see how Nebuchadnezzar is is had a powerful. Um, if he's not in heaven, if he's not in glory someday because of fully coming to 
worship the true and living God. He has no excuse because, I mean, really, he he had some powerful evidence. Yeah. That, and then he has another dream yeah. uh, in chapter 4. He, he dreams about a tree which is cut down to a stump and roots for seven periods of time. And so Daniel tells him, this is one of those things where Daniel gives him bad news right. for sure. He, you're going to go insane for seven years, and then you'll be restored to your throne. And somehow I understand how he went insane. You know, after if he, <laughs> he's trying to fit it. If he doesn't he get on board, you're going to go crazy. Different, yeah? different. <laughs> uh, what lesson was God teaching Nebuchadnezzar that heaven rules and that God is sovereign mm-hmm. uh, uh, by letting him go insane? Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on from Nebuchadnezzar to his predecessor then, Belshazzar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have another, another not a dream, but another incident. Uh, Belshazzar is having one of these uh, these these emperors of Persia and those emperors of those times. When they would go to war, they would have some these parties, and they were not were not just a week long party or weekend. They would party sometimes for a full year, and they were really drunken sort of orgies. And they would have their generals and all their leaders and militarily, and they were kind of parties and celebrating, you know, kind of bonds, you know, building bonds and with. Sure. But at the same time, they became strategy meetings and about where do we try attack first and what do we do and so on so he's having the these uh, parties and they get to partying in chapter five and they use the the uh utensils and in the, in the uh furnish from the temple of in jerusalem and mm-hmm. uh, sacrilege and uh and then in chapter five we see a hand appears at the feast uh at their party a, a hand by yeah, itself, that's amazing. writing on the wall, and then we have that popular phrase today. You know, oh, he saw the handwriting on the wall. You know that. Well, that's where this is. This comes from the Bible here. This scriptural story. Yeah. A hand appears and says, "Tekel, tekel, ufarsin, uh, uh, many ufarsin, and you have been weighed in the balance, measured, and found wanting." And uh, oh. they put an end to the party. And he said, "This very night." You're going to be now. Belshazzar didn't know how to interpret the writing on the wall, right. and th- they don't know. Hey, none of the, his wise men can do it either, and so on. Mm-hmm. Who reminds him? And let me put that out there. Yeah. Who reminds okay. Belshazzar that there's somebody that can interpret that? If you can answer that question, it's chapter five, verse ten. And we don't have much time. So don't have much time, <laughs> so call right now if you know the answer. Who is it that reminds Belshazzar that there's somebody in his kingdom that can tell him the answer to his question? Yeah, she reminds. Oh well, it's a, it's, it's a she. It's a she. It's a female for sure. But anyway, <laughs> that he tell, is and there. that very night, the the prediction that D- Daniel tells him comes true. Yeah. And they are that very night mm-hmm. th- they're conquered. And the Medo-Persian Empire comes into uh, power. Uh, th- that is Darius the uh, first, not uh, uh, Darius the Mede. It's not Darius the first of Ezra, Haggai, okay. and Zechariah, but Darius the second, the Persian. It's none of them. We're, we're, there's a little bit of confusion there about what Darius it was. But then we come to the Medo-Persian era, mm-hmm. and uh, he says no one can pray to anyone but to Darius for 30 days and that's where Daniel 
and the lion's den. It says he not only continues praying, but he opens his windows yeah. so that people can see him. Yeah. The other administrators, the other sorcerers and wizards, they kind of get jealous of Daniel, and so they, 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 they intentionally put him in this situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, Darius then has to keep his edict. Remember these kings of Persia, they can't change. Once they've signed an edict, it can't be changed, mm-hmm. even they. And so he has to keep it, and he has to throw Daniel into the lion's den. And we all know that story as well from our childhood in chapter 6. Uh, Daniel is thrown into the lion's den, and, and God preserves him. And uh, my God has shut the mouths of the lions, and so they, they did not harm him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know the answer to that question, who, who reminded Belshazzar that there was someone in his kingdom that could do this? I mean, Daniel by this time is way up in years, yeah. but it's the queen mother. Yeah. Belshazzar's mother uh, comes in and tells him, you know, you've got a Remember guy <laughs> over here. Yeah. And they call him in, and, and Daniel indeed does interpret the handwriting on the wall. Uh, let's see it here, is. down through chapter 9. We've already talked about this this understanding. Now, next week we're going to finish the book of Daniel, but we're going to talk a little bit about Daniel's interaction with these angels. I love that. Michael and yeah. these other angel messengers. This mm-hmm. this is remarkable. Yeah. That, and Daniel's powerful prayers. Mm-hmm. And God himself sends down. And Daniel at some point is overwhelmed mm-hmm. by the visions he's receiving and by the information that God is giving him through these angelic beings. Mm-hmm. And he's just overwhelmed. And Physi- God sends an angel yeah. physically to falling down on his face and he faints. Mm-hmm. And the angel says, lifts him up and says, Daniel, you are beloved of yeah, God. That's, neat. Uh, that's so sweet. It just, he comforts him, he encourages him. You are loved of God. You're beloved. And it gives him the strength to uh, go ahead and receive these messages and record them and, and to uh, understand them. And I think that that is where Daniel's strength is. It time and again, it's as if each emperor wants to... Um, you know, you can't pray. I'm going to pray. You've got to eat these certain things. Well, I've got to. And Daniel doesn't do it out of a sense of obligation or out of a sense. He does it because he's like, no, God is my power. God is my sustenance. God mm-hmm. is my voice. God is my strength. And uh, it's as if the emperors just don't want to recognize that. And Daniel continues to live by it and remind them And that's a that. lesson for us because Absolutely. this was not easy times. Right. Remember, they're in exile. He's been, I mean, he's subjected. And we don't live in easy times either, but we can do exactly what Daniel yeah. does. Right. See you next Sunday night, folks, here on The Bible Live. Restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.